If it feels like everybody has lost interest in Afghanistan, it is because everybody, well, almost everybody, but we'll get to that, has lost interest in Afghanistan. This would have happened even if there had not been a war in Ukraine and another in the Middle East. Losing interest in Afghanistan was the idea underpinning the United States' abrupt and shambolic flight from Kabul in August 2021. Efforts to haul Afghanistan in the direction of the 21st century had cost the US and its allies nearly 20 years, trillions of dollars and thousands of casualties. US President Joe Biden calculated coldly, cynically and nigh-certainly correctly that his fellow citizens simply never wanted to think about Afghanistan ever again. I've concluded that it's time to end America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home. A dogged, determined few, however, do still want to think about Afghanistan. They met in Doha earlier this week, representatives of a couple of dozen or so interested nations, plus various NGOs and civil society groups, hosted by UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. To put on the table the questions related to the long-term development of Afghanistan. Not present, however, were any representatives of Afghanistan. The reasons for and the consequences of this will also be along shortly, but first, a helping of backstory. When the US decamped from Afghanistan in 2021, the country was swiftly overrun by its previous rulers, the Taliban, a cult of hillbilly dingbats whose first stint in power in the 1990s had been infamous for a rigorous interpretation of Sharia law under which pretty much everything had been outlawed, often on pain of flogging, mutilation or arbitrary execution, other than beards and praying, which were compulsory. Because it's an Islamic rule, there is no question of why. In the Islamic uh, society, nothing is allowed. The Taliban's idiot cruelties had been especially brutally imposed upon Afghanistan's women, who were reduced to a class of silent, barely visible, burqa-draped ghosts. But the Afghanistan of 2021, though unlikely to be mistaken for some gigantic Portland, was not the Afghanistan of 2001, when the foreign troops had first descended. By 2021, Afghanistan's people, in the cities especially, had seen that there were options. It is difficult now to explain or indeed believe how completely isolated Afghanistan was in the 1990s, pre-invasion, pre-internet, pre-smartphones. When I visited Jalalabad and Kabul in 1998, I was regularly asked the kind of questions about where and how I live that listeners to this explainer might put to some green-skinned creature with antennae who had emerged from a saucer-shaped silver spacecraft. So when the Taliban came back to town in 2021, there was an amount of hesitant chatter, vaguely encouraged by the Taliban themselves, about Taliban 2.0. The theory was that the Taliban had also been changed by their encounter with modernity, even if they'd fought it rather than embraced it, and that therefore, and surely, they couldn't be as bad as they were last time. We understand all the complexities of the current world. Uh, we understand it very well, and uh, we are working. But again, I must emphasize that, uh, as the saying goes, uh, Rome was not built in a day. What we are asking is uh, for time. We will need, at this point, some surprise-imagining music. 
Just as the Taliban were unlettered misogynist jerks then, they're unlettered misogynist jerks now, and this is most of the reason they were not in Doha. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, I received uh, a letter with a set of conditions to be present in this uh, meeting that were not acceptable. The Taliban insisted that they would only attend if various emissaries from Afghan civil society were excluded and if the Taliban were able to act as Afghanistan's sole representative. The UN refused to agree to this on the grounds that this would be tantamount to formally recognising the Taliban as Afghanistan's legitimate government, which not one country has yet done, though China did recently become the first country to credential a Taliban ambassador, Molawi Azadullah, who was treated to one of President Xi Jinping's trademark unenthralled handshakes earlier this month. The Taliban are also unkeen on the idea of a UN special representative being dispatched to Kabul. The key sticking point, inevitably and correctly, is the Taliban's monstrous treatment of women, along with such accompanying barbarities as torturing and disappearing opponents, abolishing press freedom and indeed most other freedom, and resuming public flogging and execution. The Taliban's claims to being Afghanistan's government might also carry more weight if they tried doing some actual governing. The World Bank has warned that more than a third of Afghans no longer have enough money to feed themselves. Its economy was dependent on foreign grants that were cut off after the Taliban takeover and with rising concern over how their policies on women and girls there seems little prospect that kind of assistance resuming. Instead, while Afghanistan's economy tanks and Afghanistan's people starve, the Taliban are busying themselves once again drafting batty edicts about beard length. A six-point code of conduct for barbers was recently issued by the Taliban's Ministry for Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice. The Taliban are scarcely the first revolutionary movement to have arrived in power and discovered that actually running stuff is difficult and boring and generally much less fun than making grandiloquent speeches and blowing up foreign soldiers. Indeed, they have stumbled up that learning curve themselves once before. And it would be tempting for the international community at large to do as the US did two years ago and leave Afghanistan to its own devices. Except that Afghanistan is no less strategically important than it was, no less likely to become a haven for terrorists with international ambitions, and no less home to 40 million people who deserve better and who it would be good to help if possible. But any widespread holding of breath waiting for the opportunity to do that would appear to be ill-advised. A few weeks back, the Taliban's interior minister, Sirajuddin Haqqani, for whose address, incidentally, the FBI is offering $10 million, breezily suggested that recognition of the Taliban might still be a decade away. But basically, whatevs. All that matters, this time as last time, is pleasing God. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller. 